Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast creator corner. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. And here we are with a uh, new type of episode. Uh, this this is our uh, <laughs> this is our inaugural venture into uh, into what we are for the moment at least calling Creator Corner, where we speak to uh, local or maybe even not local creators who are uh, doing creative stuff, uh, whether it be comics or games or books or. Yeah, I think I think the general goal would be to get the word out about uh, either independent or smaller creators. But I mean, if Steven Spielberg wants to come on the show, we're not going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, yeah, here we are networking. We've got uh, an old pal of mine from the Sacramento indie comics scene. Uh, this is Kyron Silva. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Yeah, us too. This is exciting. Um, so, like I said, I've known. Kyron through the uh, Sacramento indie comic scene for several years now. Uh, I first met you through um, you were with the uh, the Big Tree Comics folks, and um, you've since moved on and started your own comics company, Taurus Comics. Um, That's it. Bye. <laughs> yeah. See you later. <laughs> uh, uh, tell. Uh, I mean, you could tell us a little bit about yourself <laughs> if okay. you want. Like, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, well, like John said, my name is Kyron Silva. I've been. Uh, Born and raised from Sacramento. Uh, I have a wife and a few kids and a couple dogs. And I love comics and sports and almost anything geek related. Uh, I've been doing comics now, got seven years. Um, the last three, four years have been full time where I decided to take that jump and be like, I want it out of the corporate world. Um, so I was working with insurance and cell phones. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to try to live off of my artwork and my comics. and. It's been an adventure so, uh, so far, uh, but this is uh, really good. And like you said, I'm currently running Kickstarter called Saw the Lightning Wilder. It's for issues one through three. Um, so you can, if you've never tried it before, you can get all three. Or if you have the first two, you can get the third one, either in digital or print. Yeah, and just to let people know uh, when they're searching for it, because I know I had a little trouble in the past with the name. Uh, Saw the Lightning Wilder is spelled X-O-B, yeah? Yes, it is. Uh, if you actually just want the direct website, you can just go to xobcomic.com. Uh, but you're right, the spelling is a little different because it's based off a spelling from uh, the Hmong culture, which Hmong people are from Southeast Asia and Laos area. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of the story is based off of their mythology and their their culture, really. Oh, cool. So I was, I was wondering where the spelling came from. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, it, what it is, Saw is actually the deity for their culture uh, for lightning. And it, honestly, it's a little bit of the their mythology is a little bit more of like Loki combined with Thor, where he controls lightning. But he's a little bit of a rambunctious uh, person and likes to do like tricks and things like that. But for what I was doing with it, I wanted to make it more of a serious tone. Uh, make it where Saw is more of a protector for their, their culture. And then now this person is using these powers to protect not just them, but the entire world. And there comes into conflict where she's not doing her duties with what she's supposed to do with the powers to what she decided to do with them. Yeah, oh. and, that, and that's not to say this is this is without fun because I, I read the first issue and and it uh, it definitely does it doesn't take itself too inside entirely seriously. Yeah. yeah, you still get to have a, have a lot of fun. You want to do you want to talk about uh, the characters in the book, or do you want to just leave that um, leave that up to hey, buy the <laughs> buy the gosh damn book, and you can find out for yourself. Well, I mean, I could definitely give you at least some information about the characters. Um, the main character, her name is Tracy Lore. She's a college student. Uh, she's living with her mom, uh, who her mom is actually a widow. 
And so all the responsibility is really on Tracy to help support her mom. And she's doing that, working full time, going to school full time. And then on the side job, she's also saw the lightning wielder, which is this other you know, entity that is residing in her. Um, along the way, she meets up with this guy named Danny. And Danny is a shaman who is supposed to be the in-between between Saw and the actual user. But Danny's like, you know what? You're not really that good of a, of a user for this. I need to take it from you. And then, oh, burn. <laughs> and that's sort of where the <laughs> conflict comes because they have this struggle. There's like, you know what? She wants to keep it. He wants to take it. And then all of a sudden, bam, you get the main villain of the story. whose name is Lord Eclipse. And um, if you've read issue two yet, um, which I know you said you haven't, John, but if you read it, you'll find that there's actually a connection between Saw and Lord Eclipse from years and decades ago. And now Lord Eclipse is sort of trying to get his revenge for everything that's happened to him. Nice. So did did she, uh, I guess I don't want to give away too much. Did she like come by the power or, because I, I, I haven't read it yet. Uh, yeah. Did she come by the power or was she like born um, into it? She comes by the power. So in the way I'm writing it is every few years after the user basically gets used up, the deity goes in and seeks out the next person. Um, and she comes by, she's only had it for actually a couple years in the story. Um, so she's still sort of learning as she goes. Um Sidetrack, if you happen to know who Ben Dunn is, uh, he is the publisher for Antarctic Press. He's done uh, Warrior Nun, Aurelia, which now has a, a series on okay. Netflix. Yeah, He's done a couple other manga series. Um, he actually did this great Kickstarter just a few months ago called Indie Wars, where he got all these indie creators and he said, hey, bring your characters and we'll combine it into our one book. And Saw is actually going to be part of that. There's a four-page short that I wrote in that. And it gives a little bit of her backstory and how she got the powers in that section. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. So I can say I'm part of Antarctic Press along with yeah. the comics and Taurus <laughs> comics. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so you are writing this series. Um, and you you said that your your artist for the first two was David Jackson. Who do we have on this third one? Uh, third issue, we introduced Erin Ropa. Um, Erwin's a great artist. He's um, from the Philippines and I found him through Facebook. And uh, so a lot of people ask, well, what happened to David? And David's actually a really great guy. Um, I still do work with him on some side projects, but he is blowing up. He's doing things like uh, tabletop games and other indie books. Um, he's, he's actually told me he's doing some work for some video games. So he's just becoming busier and busier. And my book doesn't have time for him. So I was like, you know what? I love you, David. I want to work with you when I can, but I have a schedule I need to keep as a company. So I'm going to move on to find somebody else. But I still work with David. I talk to him God, almost every week about upcoming projects. So you'll see more of David in the future. Awesome. Right. Great. Now, um, it's I guess it's, it's worth noting to the listeners um, that the Kickstarter has already successfully fully funded we're hitting stretch goals now yes or i guess you are hitting stretch goals I mean, i'm not hey if you want to be part of the group you can i, guess. <laughs> I mean I, I joined in on the campaign at least so i'm looking forward to, to to reading all the books um but um we're sort of getting into the final push here you know that that was sort of the the impetus for this that you know like a dummy i didn't think of this earlier but what can people expect from uh from the kickstarter rewards uh, at different tiers what, what what are they getting themselves into because i personally looked on there and like you've got comics and buttons and like, like there's all sorts of crap there i'm not crap, That's crap. <clears throat> there's all That's sorts crap. of stuff <laughs> <laughs> um you know and there i even saw that there are other comics that are being bundled in there yeah 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 so um 
base off, uh, starting off, you're going to, you can get either issue three of Saw Lightning Builder, or you can get issues one, two, or three, if you want to catch up and read what the story's about. You get that, like I said, in physical or digital form. Um, now with that, for everybody that's pledging your getting award, you're going to get, um, two indie comics from other creators. First one is called Acolyte, which is another superhero series. Um, and another one, the second one is called Belial, which is a comedy series about Belial, who was the original ruler of hell, and he gets thrown out, and now he runs a bar. Um, so you're going to get... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we even start, everybody that, that pledged and we hit our first goal, you would get those three comics. Um, along with that, you can either choose to get... Um, there's a print that was done for it. Um, we have t-shirts. There's a custom pop that you can get of Saw Lightning Wilder. You can be drawn into the book as a background character that you'll be running around being chased by some of the demons that are part of the story. Um, originally, if you were able to get in the first week or so, we also had a variant cover done by Timothy Green, uh, the second, yeah. who's also from the Sacramento area. He did an amazing yeah. uh, pinup for me. And I was like, dude, I wanted to make this as a cover. He's like, go ahead. You paid for it. So do whatever the hell you want with it. <laughs> and I'll, so those are options. Um, now, we, like you're mentioning, we hit stretch goals. So our first stretch goal was there is now an alternate cover that was added on. Um, if that alternate cover was drawn by a artist by the name of Michael Watson. He's actually located out of Ohio. I was on his podcast a couple weeks ago, and he was drawing my uh, character, Lord Eclipse. And he was like, you know, would, would you like to take this cover? Or would you like to take this image? I was like, yeah, can I make it as a cover? He's like, sure. So that's now that was nice. our first stretch goal. We, we blew that out of the water uh, within like a, a day or two of us announcing it. So then we moved on to next stretch goal, which we added on four other additional indie comics. So the very minimum, if you pledge, you're going to get at least seven comics, um, all the way up to nine comics for just pledging uh, I think it's ten dollars. I think it's the min. No, three dollars is the digital option. So you can get for three dollars, you're getting at least seven comics. Um, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, th those those margins. I, I'm I'm gonna have to talk to you off air and see how how you get those. Woo. You know, it's amazing when you're able to branch out and and introduce yourself in any community. You're gonna find there's a lot of people that are just willing to give you stuff, give you artwork and their comics and time and their input and it's all to help you and it's really great i mean that's the one thing i love about the indie community if you can really get yourself in there and not treat it as just i want to make money but treat it as i want to be part of a community you're going to find that you're going to get more people that are just wanting to help you more than anything just to help you succeed and that's where i'm coming across well and and that's that's something that i've always admired um being friends with you on facebook and stuff just seeing like the the amount of the amount of time you spend like promoting other indie creators stuff like it's it's wild yeah you know like it's it's really cool and i i'm envious of it you know i have to admit i probably do it too much um a lot of it i do while i'm on the toilet on my phone and <laughs> and now with the whole social distance learning with the kids i'm able to sit at my computer while my uh my kid who's in kindergarten's at his computer doing homework and i'm able to do what i need to do while i'm assisting him so i get a little bit more free time to do that uh, but, you know, I would love to do more financially, but when I can't back financially, I'm going to share it and share it to different groups and and talk about as much as I can. Because I I've always found out if I succeed, everybody around me succeeds. And that's why I want. I want everybody to succeed. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a, 
Good attitude. Thank you. Um, so oh. the, the other the other books in the Kickstarter, are those also your books? Uh, they're not. Um, the other six books that you're going to get right now are by different creators, all from different companies. Um, some, or like I said, is from um, Texas and Philadelphia. And I got one of the books. It's called Vox. Uh, Vax, Vox. I can't remember how you pronounce it, but it's from a, a guy I met in Australia. So I'm getting... Oh. Right. help from people from all around the world that want to just help out and make this Kickstarter as, as good as it can be. That's cool. Uh, what, what do you, um, how do you like Kickstarter as a platform? Has, has it worked out pretty well for you? It, it's worked out really well for me, especially since I have no other option when it comes to income, since I took this leap and tried to do this full time. Cause I didn't have like a stash of cash just waiting for me to dole out to artists and creators, things like that when I wanted to do this. So Kickstarter is a great platform for me to, to just get that, that nest egg I need to get a book published. But then also it's really good to be able to reach out to people that, that couldn't find me other ways. Like, and most of my, my backers come from Facebook and podcasts like this one, but I get like 25%, maybe 20% of people that have just found my, my campaign through Kickstarter and they wouldn't have oh, find wow. me other ways. So you, you get those things because Kickstarter has, has algorithms that they will show people, Hey, you back this Kickstarter. Well, this is something just like it. And they find it that way or on their front page, they randomly show people's Kickstarter is there. So you're, you're going to find people just searching your, your, uh, your campaign through, through those methods. Yeah, and you you landed there on their uh, on their like top picks thing, right? Um, I don't know if it was top picks, but I know it was on. Um, I can't remember his name. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves recently That's did a right. Kickstarter for his comic book, which that's done fantastic. But yes. at the bottom of theirs, they're like, "Hey, if you like this book? Check out this one too." And it oh, happened nice. to be my book, right? <laughs> yeah, that was on Berserker that we were yes. talking about. Well, yeah, that's that's yeah. some solid press right there. <laughs> and I I think I do notice that when that launch for Keanu's and I started noticing my book was on there. I think I did see an uptake of more and more pledges coming in from people that I didn't know. So I, I'm pretty sure it was from that. That's cool. That's wild. So, um, so like, like we mentioned, uh, you are writing this book, but you also draw comic books. Um, up, I mean, other books yeah. as well. Um, what, what else do you have, uh, cooking up right now? Um, well, Right now, God, mostly right now, I've been doing a lot of character designs for upcoming books. Um, I just finished drawing Ruby from Planet Oz issue one, which that's going to be a six issue miniseries, which I wrote Andrew. It's a sci-fi take of the Wizard of Oz series where instead of Dorothy being sucked up by tornadoes, she gets abducted by aliens. And, yes. <laughs> and, she, Love yes. and she gets thrown on Planet Oz where she now leads a rebellion to overtake the, the uh, witch. Um, so that's my that's my next major thing that I'm going to be drawing. I am gonna I'm still in the process of writing out the next five chapters for that. Um, I don't know why I only did the first and not do the whole six, but I think I have more thing I wanted to put the first issue out there and engage how much interest it was going to be from other people before I really committed to the full six issues. Yeah, it's tough. I think we're going to be in a in a similar boat with ours where, where we're gonna we're gonna put out the first issue just because I mean. Who's got the time to put out an entire graphic novel and put all that in there just just to you know have a big question mark? I don't know. I mean that's, but I also don't have the guts to to make the leap either into uh, into full time comics. So yeah, no, it was it was a hard choice. Um, I was lucky enough that my wife was also working full time, and our income from her was enough where we would just skate by. Um, we were going paycheck to paycheck for her, but she was like, "I know you hate working." 
at these jobs. And I was making good money. Like I was working for progressive insurance. And before that, I was working at Verizon Wireless. And I was making good money. Um, but I hated every minute of it. I would yeah. I would wake up in the morning and go to work. And uh, I had like mental breakdowns. And I was like, you know what? I can't do this. And she was like, I've seen you do this for now 15 years working these crappy jobs. And we got lucky to where we can we can do this. If you want to quit and try your hand at this, go ahead. And I was like, fuck awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fucking cool. Yeah. Not, not, yeah, not everyone gets that opportunity and that's cool. You're able to seize and, and not everyone that gets that opportunity is willing to, you know, risk it and take it. Yeah. And what's really nice for me now is that I also get to spend more time with my boys, all three of my kids. I get to now take them to school and help them with the homework. Whereas before, I didn't have that chance to really see them growing up um, and seeing them, especially my youngest. Now, I, I'm literally watching him all the time. So it's really cool watching him grow and seeing him learn and seeing his brain develop. Whereas my first two kids, I wasn't able to have that opportunity. So this is something I'll be able to cherish forever. Now, are your kids into comic books? They are not into American comic books. They're into manga. Okay. Um, my two oldest are definitely into manga and anime and things like that. And I'll, I've tried getting them into comics, um, the American style comics, and it's just not interesting them. Um, the closest I got to is I got my middle kid into the DuckTales comic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read the shit out of those when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> DuckTales is a great show. And the relaunch is actually is really good, too. Um, I don't think it has the same flavor that the 80s, 90s ones did, but it's still fun. It's still a fun show. Yeah, I haven't I the I haven't seen the rebooted cartoon, but I haven't heard anything but good stuff about it. What uh what would you say the the biggest lesson you learned, you know, becoming a full-time, you know, artist essentially like you're jumping into this and 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 making it happen? Um you've got to plan. You've got to plan and not just the yearly or monthly thing, but you got to plan your day. You can't just be like I'm going to wake up and start drawing whenever I want to. It's no, I'm I have to wake up and take care of my kids and do the housework and I have to make sure I'm I'm setting aside enough time for the day for me to write and draw and ink and color and letter when I when I'm doing those things. So you got to plan. You can't just expect to just wake up at noon and start drawing and expect it to produce quality work more than anything. Cause that's when oh, shit. You, yeah. you still got to treat it like a job. Then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or you've got my problem where it's like, Oh, well I'm going to get up and take care of the kid and, uh, and, and I'll do this and that and the other. And then, and then I'll squeeze in a couple hours later and then. Yeah. I mean, that was my thing. When I first started, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I need to. I'm going to draw when I can. And it's like, no, life doesn't allow you to, to just draw when you want to, you have to plan that time out to properly set yourself up to for success. Really? That's cool. I'm glad Ben's not glaring at me right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're hearing him say it. You know that you, that's what you've been doing. Come on, John, quit your fucking job. You should have finished this thing. <laughs> it's always the artist's fault. Just letting you know, it's never writer's fault. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what? Uh, why do I have such a hard time starting thoughts? I, I don't know. It's late. I, I usually don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it is later than normal. That's for sure. You know, and I and I guess you know our, our show is usually so casual where we're just we're just bouncing back and forth. But now it's like, oh no, I like I I got I got to make sure I'm not I'm not doing a disservice. We have a guest. <laughs> um, don't don't worry about me. I I like doing these just as a conversation, just talk and just have fun with it. I, and I don't expect things more than just having conversation with other creators and. Just having fun. 
So, so do you have any preference on like writing versus, you know, drawing and doing the art? Um, you know, it's funny when I grew up and uh, when I was growing up, I should say, I always wanted to be the artist. I wanted to be the Jim Lee, the Todd McFarlane, um, the Rob Liefeld. I don't, I don't know if you're going to kill me for saying that, but <laughs> get off the show. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just edit that part out. Everybody, hates Rob, everybody either hates Rob or loves Rob. And I, I'm the love Rob type. So I, I don't love Rob's. Well. I don't. I don't love Rob for his art, but I love him for who he is. You sh- like I, I. I love the legend that is Rob Liefeld. You know, like I. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish any harm on the guy, <laughs> but um, it, it's. It is entertaining as all hell. If you haven't already, he has a podcast called The Rob Observations, and he details his journey growing up reading comics and getting into the field. And he's right now detailing how Cable came about. He talked about Heroes Reborn, the 90s crash, and the information that he gives. I, I don't know how much of it is truthful, but it's definitely entertaining. <laughs> you know, I, I got I to gotta turn uh, Chris Alvarez on to him. Like, he's the biggest Rob Liefeld fan I know. Like, I've got a little stack of, like, Cable and X-Force stuff that I, that I need to send to him for his birthday. Nice. I just see things and I accumulate it. That, that I'm like, oh, this has got to go to Chris. <laughs> Um, oh. You know, and I loved I loved Liefeld's early like his Hawk and Dove stuff. Yes, like like that that book was legitimately good. Like before it went extreme. <laughs> no, I I love all I love that stuff. Um, New Mutants for sure, X Force, and Young Blood. And I'm not going to say his current stuff is my favorite work. It, I've talked about this with a uh, Dan Bethel, which I know I think you know Dan. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like right now he's sort of phoning it in on a lot of his artwork. He's just basics on everything because he's like i'm rob liefeld bitch i can just do whatever i want <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's real loose these days yeah real loose um you know ben i apologize i totally went off the roll on, on your question um yeah, no problem but growing up i wanted to be the artist i wanted to be that big name guy and that's what i was hoping for and i started doing this and i i found that i love writing almost as much if not more than than artwork at this point which is funny because i hated english i hated creative writing i hated doing all those things when i was in school but now that i'm actually applying it i'm like i like to write i like to create that conversation i like to to create that 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 plot i like to create those those funny little things here and there that as a writer i get to do and as an artist you know sometimes i'm not able to because the writer has a certain vision so i i like that part of being a writer more than anything now yeah i mean it's definitely something that seems like you can go from start to finish a little quicker oh yeah definitely (laughs) like a lot a lot of work goes into the art that's the thing that really blew me away getting into our book was that how much work there is in the art like we come up with a story and we write it all out and then it's like oh shit now we gotta like make this a thing <laughs> yeah well and, and it's so easy to just to just be like okay well a, a professional artist can get it done in a in a month i've i've got you know I've, I've got the day job so i could i could get it done in two months and then and then you start telling people like oh yeah it'll be out by halloween it'll be out by thanksgiving and then now now i'm thinking like Oh well, I I didn't say what year it would be out. So so maybe Halloween this year, maybe Thanksgiving this year. No, it's real. And and then I think Greg Capullo said it's like a writer can do a, a a comic in like a week. You know, editing everything on that. Artists will draw it out in a month to two months. But it but as a reader, you spend more time reading the letters and looking at all the artwork that was put into it. A lot of times, you fly by 
you don't notice all the little details, but you, but as an artist mm-hmm. and John, you know this, you'll sit in there for hours doing little cross hatches and shading and trying to plot things out. And it's like, well, damn it. Why am I spending all this time doing all this extra work if you're not going to enjoy it and, and appreciate it? Yeah. Especially when, when you, when you have like one small face on a panel that you have to get just right. So you end up spending like three hours on it and erasing and redrawing when in reality, like nobody, Nobody's going to even notice that, yeah. but, but you never know. Somebody could notice that. And that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Well, and you'll notice it. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's the worst part. Yeah. And Chiron will notice it. Oh, I noticed yeah. everything. He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll know that <laughs> shitty little face I drew. No, and, and, and it's right. Cause like you, you do all this detail and nobody notices it cause they expect it. But the, the moment that you don't do it, that's when people are like, what is he doing? This isn't good. This isn't artwork. Why am I paying for this crap? And it's like, well, I had to spend five hours on that last panel of, 3,000 spaceships that you wanted me to draw. I got tired. (laughs) I don't want to draw this one crappy face. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) When you, when you write and and like for stuff like saw, when you write it and then pass it off to an artist, how involved do you get in like character design and stuff? Do you, do you like come up with your own designs and be like, Hey, draw this or do you give them a little bit more freedom? Uh, no, I, um, all the major characters I designed, um, first saw from Lord Eclipse to, uh, Kule, which is his minion, um, first man type of guy, um, to Danny and saw, I designed all those characters. Um, and because these saw is special to me because it also is connected to my, my wife's family. And I don't want to do them just discredit. I don't want to do them disservice in any way. So I want to put out the best characters from me and not have somebody else's input um, control things. Well, yeah, especially when it's something so personal to you and, and your, your kin, Yeah, you know, if, if you had somebody else in there, like doing something that that's totally out of place for it, then it makes, makes you look bad to them. Cause they don't, they don't know any better. Yeah. Right. Unless they're comics fans, yeah. you know, they, they're just like, Oh, this book that, that my lousy son-in-law did. <laughs> making us look like jerks yeah and, and and i mean as far as my artists if they have a suggestion i'm willing to take it um but because there's so much mythology that's inter- intertwined in the story i'm i have final say on it so if they they want to change something I'm like yeah i like it, it looks good but it's not what i'm looking for so keep it the way i, I told you to basically yeah <laughs> bitch <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, so do you usually work on like one project at a time or do you kind of spread yourself out a little bit? Cause I imagine when you know, you're doing it for a living, you, you have to have something at least in the hopper all the time. You can't have like six months or something between yeah. incomes. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm usually working on a couple of books at a time. Um, while, I mean, well, during Kickstarter months, I focus just on a Kickstarter because a lot of people don't know yeah. this, but doing a Kickstarter is almost another job in between doing podcasts and marketing and advertising and just getting the word out, it's another job in itself. And so right now, all my focus is on this Kickstarter. Once this funds and we go to the next step, I'm going to give the script to the artists. They're going to start working. And then I'm working on something else um, in between that. And it's usually like that. I, I usually work two to three things at a time because, like you said, I can't wait in between that long of a time yeah. period. And it, it it makes it easier, at least during this COVID-19, where I was able to have more time without going to conventions or taking the kids to school. I was actually able to get a lot done than a lot more than I thought I was going to. So that that was one plus side of 2020, I guess. 
Yeah, a little little bittersweet. You know, I was I was thinking about that earlier about about like you and and uh, and Eben and Dan and all the people that I see regularly throughout the year at all at all the local shows and just like right now all my Facebook memories of CrockerCon are popping up and I think yeah. that's the last time I saw you was CrockerCon uh, last year. Yeah, I saw that too. And actually, it, I was like, dang, it was really a year ago, just yesterday or something like that. Yeah, it's it's bonkers how uh, how this all just stopped. I was thinking about like when I do my taxes, I'm like, man, the government's gonna be uh, gonna be shelling out some cash to all these independent creators because <laughs> our our income just just you know just dropped a whole bunch because we don't have those shows. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm excited. I actually got an email just a couple days ago about uh, Los Angeles. I guess they're trying to put a LA Comic Con. They're like, hey, we're having discounts if you want to come join. And I was like. Hmm, one of the most heavily populated cities in the world. Do I want to come in there without there being a vaccine yet? I think I might pass for now. <laughs> yeah, they're they're hedging their bets with that. Like L.A. is is a friggin' hot spot. Like I I, I doubt there's going to be a a giant Comic Con there. It's also, I mean, the city's pretty tight on stuff. Like they're not even, like they canceled Halloween already. Like completely. Yeah. Yeah, they're shutting off water and power so, for people having big parties. I, I guess the other question is, so if I give you money for a booth, are you going to give it back to me when this thing gets canceled? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Ooh, actually, now that you mentioned, I need to look into SillyCon. Uh, um, Silly Valley Con. I actually put a deposit down for a table there. I don't know if I got my money back for that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because that that was uh, that was summertime too. Yeah. Holy crap! I can't believe it was. It's it's been over a year since the last one of those. Yeah, that was Jeez. that was actually just supposed to be in August. So yeah, yeah, we missed out on a lot. This this year has gone by fast, and it I, really has. It's thank strange. God. <laughs> I don't want it to go by any slower, man. Let's get over with it. Get this shit out of here. <laughs> yeah, actually, can we end it right now and just start 2021? Yeah. We don't really need November or December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just, just skip ahead. Like, if we just, just go to sleep for yeah, two or three, three days. Three-day weekend where it's where it's Friday's <laughs> Halloween, Saturday's Thanksgiving, yeah. Sunday is Christmas. There you go. <laughs> Monday would have to be New Year's then. So we go yeah, back yeah. on. Oh, exactly. We come back yeah, on we Tuesday. Go back on Tuesday. Yeah, I like this idea. Awesome. So, so you were talking about how Kickstarter is like a, a like a full time job on its own. That's like one of the things that you know we're looking to put together our campaign and launch it soon right now. And like that's one of the things I'm dreading. It's like, man, I don't have time for that. It's gonna be you know draining, and I don't really you know I'm way over my head. I have no idea what to do with it either. So yeah, it's uh. Do you got any good tips on uh, on running a successful campaign um. for us? Or any of our listeners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, advertise as, as ahead as possible. Um, and if you can get a, a certain date that you know you're going to launch it, let people know as soon as possible. And say, hey, I'm launching this X day, December 31st. I'm launching it. And remind them as often as possible. And in between those reminders, show them what you're going to be giving them. Show them the book as much as you can. If you have pages done, Show them as many pages as you can without telling the story, of course. Um, give pictures of any of the extra rewards that you're throwing in on there. Um, add Basically, what I've always been told is add value to their rewards. So if you can reach out to other people like I did and you can add on extra comics with it, do that. If you can add on, um, like I'm adding on buttons for everybody to gain a physical reward, do that. Anything that's going to make your comic more valuable without adding extra costs, do that. And um, that's the only thing I could probably say. 
because that's what people are looking for. They're looking for as much value for that five, ten, twenty dollars that they can. And they understand they're paying a little bit more than what they would the cover price. So you want to give them what they're paying on top of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just noticed that uh, like the all, the all the pages that were on your campaign didn't have word balloons yet. Yeah, and it's because I haven't gone to the letter. And that's that's a little bit of my own choice. I could have had it lettered, but I was like, who's really going to read this random page of the comic and really yeah. appreciate it? <laughs> Cause, You're not going to get much of the story out of one page that you know four pages that aren't sequential yeah so it's like you know show them the artwork so they can at least see what they're going to get um then then you know i mean if you want if you i've seen people through through like 10 pages of actual sequential artwork in in their preview and i'm like why are you putting out that much i mean it's great that you get to see what the book is about and you get to read it but now you're giving away half the books and now they they sort of know if they really want to actually try it out or not, honestly. Like, if they don't like it, <laughs> you're screwed better be up. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it better be your best 10 pages you're putting there. Um, otherwise, you've just probably lost a sale or two. Yeah, it's not bad. Well, cool. Thank you. Cool. Um, I mean, I think the, la- the last thing I had on my notes was um, uh, Taurus Comics. I, I, that's your uh, company, right? Yeah, uh, my company. I am the publisher, owner, founder, and everything that is produced through Taurus Comics is all from my brain. So um, like you're mentioning, I was part of a company called Big Tree Comics. I actually founded that also. And I brought along some guys with me, uh, friends of mine, and we were producing books. Um, but I was rubbing, I was coming across a lot of issues working with the group where I was getting a lot of pushback on things from other people. And we weren't producing books at the rate that I wanted to, that I felt like we could. And a lot of the quality wasn't up to what I wanted it to be a lot of times. Um, and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be this much of a, a dick about things, I should be this much of a dick about my own book. Let them do what they're going to yeah. do. And then this way, if it's if it's my book, it's all on me. If I fail, it's because of me. It's not because of anybody else. It's just my book now. And I left Taurus. I left Big Street Comics and I decided to open up Taurus Comics. Um, Taurus Comics because I'm a Taurus. And I felt... Phew, nice easy name for people to remember yeah yeah well yeah and it's tough to be your friend's boss yeah like if if you want to be the kind of the guy that's driving the ship you know sometimes you got to bust some balls and it's tough to do when it's your buddies and they kind of you know especially if they treat it like a you know you're their buddy and and not someone they owe product to yeah and that's what i was coming across with a lot of times we would go to events and conventions and i would have all my books and that's all I would sell was just my comics. And then they would come out with sketch cards and other prints. And then they started getting the caricatures. And I'm like, that's great. I'm glad you guys are making money. But this is Big Tree Comics. Where's the focus on the comics? And they're like, oh, well, we got, we got, we're making, we're making them. And, you know, months turned into years and nothing was coming out. And I was like, yeah, I want to do comics. Um, and I had prints of my own and they were selling uh, because it was Flash and Spider-Man in Deadpool, you know, things that sell. Um, but I was like, I, Oh, I know all about that. I've got, I've got my Deadpool eating a chimichanga <laughs> with the infinity gauntlet print that, that, uh, that's always at my table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have, I have, um, a Deadpool in the sound of music pose where she's awesome. in the field and she's turning around. I have one just like that and it sells like crazy. And I, yeah. and I was like, I'm glad it sells. And yeah, it makes me money, but this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to be a print jockey. I want to be a comic creator. And yeah. 
and I was like, you know, I can't do this without going on my own. And I'm glad well, and, I didn't I didn't look back on it. And that is that is a big real difference. Like, like once I started doing prints and stuff and actually getting um, a little table presence, you know, a little a little something to show it at shows like I, I personally fucking love it. But when when we put out uh, last year our our little preview issue for for our upcoming comic, um, all of a sudden, like it was different. Like I was like, I was like, I, I have a book on the table. Like I there's nothing like holding a fresh new comic book that you've drawn. Like when I did a couple issues of uh, of B Squad with uh, with Eben and um, and you know, a couple other things like like having your own work in your hand mm-hmm. in print is it, it's it's a feeling unlike any other. You know, it's it's like having it. Well. I imagine it's like having a baby. I don't know. I only I only have a, a stepkid. So. <laughs> so so that comics as close as you're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then you're right. It it does it does have a great feeling to it, especially when that person buys that book and then they come back and they tell you they read it and they loved it and they're like, "When's the next issue?" That's the best feeling is when they're like, "When's the next yeah. issue?" Because then you know you have them. You have a fan there that's wanting to look at what you're doing and they enjoy it. And that feeling of hearing those words, well, when's the next issue coming out? That's one of the best feelings. Totally. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a family that used to come see me at uh, A1 Comics on free comic book day um, when I was doing a regular book with some other people. And, and you know, they'd, they'd ask about the next issue. And I was dreading it this year because I was like, oh, crap, there isn't going to be a third issue of this book. So, uh, <laughs> but COVID took care of that one. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> You know what? Actually, there was a um, a family when I was with Big Tree Comics. There was a family that came in and they bought one of my uh, companions' books, and he had two issues out, and uh, they loved it. And they every time they saw him, they're like, "When's the next issue? When's the next issue?" And it's went on for like a year, and he never produced issue three for them either. So I, I don't know who these families are at with they're going to A one, but they're getting stuck with just issue one and two, and nobody's getting issue three from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I want I wonder if it was the same family. Uh-oh. Oh god, it might well, be. I, well you know I, what? They can get issue three of Saw the Lightning Wielder. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> you made it over the hump. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. I feel good now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so along with, uh, with the books you have coming out, you also have, um, I imagine you've got, you've got your past works either up on your site or on Amazon for the Kindle. Sure. Um, well, you can get issues one through six of Shaman's Destiny, which is my original book that I wrote, drew, colored, lettered, everything on my own. Um, that's available at my website, touristcomics.com. You can also get Ruby from Planet Oz which we talked about that there's issue one of that available also on my website. Um, they are also available on Comixology and Amazon. Uh, Comics House is another one. Um, Sierra Nova Comics is another website. You can get them digitally there too. Uh, God, I can't think. There's a couple more that I can't think of off the top of my head, but touristcomics.com is the best place to get my books because uh, you can get everything there. It's the it's the spot. It is nice, and I pay yearly for that, so I need you to buy stuff for it to justify <laughs> <laughs> having a website. Yeah, and Je- Jeff Bezos doesn't need his cut <laughs> on, on this shit. He's got enough money. Well, and Amazon takes what like thirty or more percent. Yes, yeah, it's a high amount for what they do. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. I, I always prefer to buy direct from folks if it's an option. And here's a crap thing: I, I have my books on Amazon, and they ask you how much do you want to put it. And it's just a digital through Amazon. So I was like, 99 cents, because that's the standard for digital. And then because they take so much, they're like, yeah, you can't put it at 99 cents. 
you have to put it at two ninety nine. I was like, really? Because <laughs> you like, guys, we're gonna get our dollar. Yeah, out <laughs> exactly. They're like, because you want to, you want your cut as as big as whatever it's going to be. I can't make it now three times pricier than anywhere else in the world. All right. <laughs> like, tell you what, we'll sell it for ninety nine cents, but you won't get it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep the ninety nine cents. <laughs> It's stupid. It's it's Amazon. I don't understand how people sell through Amazon, honestly. Uh, yeah, not for stuff that's that small, especially. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I know I know a few authors that do that. You know, sell a lot of stuff on Amazon because uh, Amazon, like, they like to have exclusives too. So they'll, you know, kind of. It's an easy platform to do, but yeah, they take like thirty to forty percent of everything, everything you sell. You're like, dude, it's 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 a comic book. Like, take it easy. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm not selling the Holy Grail here. Come on. Yeah. So, Kyron, do you want to uh, let people know where they can find you besides the uh, the website? If you got social medias for people to follow? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Taurus Comics. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Taurus Comics for both of those. Um, if you want to find me in other mediums, if you are on Amazon, you can look up a writer called Matt Nastos and his book called Cestus. Cestus contract. He actually wrote me as a character into that book. Um, oh, neat. If you want to know Chiron, <laughs> if you uh, go on watch, what is that? Percy Jackson, the guy, the uh, Minotaur there, Centaur. His name is Chiron also. So I don't know if you want that too. <laughs> if you just want to know multiple Chirons, <laughs> yes, you can find me there. <laughs> uh, but no, TaurusComics.com is the best way to reach me. Um, like I said, at Taurus Comics on everything else. Excellent. Awesome. Well, I'll put a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes so uh, people can find that easy. I imagine if they go to TaurusComics.com, you have a link there, Yes, I would presume, to go to the Kickstarter as well. So they got many ways to to find you and hopefully uh, come out and give you some support. Yeah, and when this drops, there will be about five days left on the campaign. So uh, more than enough time for you to listen to this fucking episode and go over to Kickstarter and back this fucking thing. Please. But... Well, yeah, a campaign ends uh, Monday night, right? Yeah, Monday. Monday the 21st. So uh, get out there this weekend at the latest and, you know, that last minute push. Yeah, we're trying to get a third. Wait, we are $90 away from getting, hitting our third um, stretch goal. And if we get that, everybody gets patches that are designed by a uh, oh, indie, con- indie creator by the name of Eric Cockrell. That's cool. No one gives out patches anymore. Wow. That's fucking rad. I gotta, I gotta get a jacket to put it on, or maybe yeah. on my backpack. Backpack? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've, I've, I've already got, I've already got pins to put on. A denim vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're make comebacks, denim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just right. need more patches. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kyron, for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Of course, and um, if uh, if the folks out there want to let us know what uh, what they think of anything, I don't know. Find us on uh, Facebook, Geek Exploration the Podcast page, uh, Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. And if you enjoyed today's show, um, go back Kyron's stuff. Uh, also, leave us a review on Apple Podcast or Pod Chaser. That'd be great. Um, and uh, I don't know what our theme song is. Yeah, we'll figure it out because this is a, this is a whole new show. We got to find a new theme song for it. We were looking at like masterpiece theater earlier. I like the masterpiece theater idea. Yeah. So I, I really don't. Good. I don't want to get sued, but no one's gonna sue us. Hey, you never know. 